Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. Maybe it's just one of those things that you say, you know what? Uh, in 2020, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a part of a group. Or I'm going to be a part of this. Or I'm going to be a part of that. Uh, I'm going to come and, and serve and, and hand out worship guides when people walk in. Whatever the case may be, there's an opportunity for you to just say yes in 2020. And, uh, and, 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 you know, who knows what happens? I say all that to say this in, in Genesis chapter uh, 2, verse 15. Uh, that's a verse that we actually read through this week through the app. And, uh, and I'm going to use it today because I want to, to, to illustrate this purpose that, that God can use us in a lot of different ways. And he uses us in the workforce. And so this, this, this week, we're talking about how God can use you uh, in 2020 in, in your workplace and your calling. And, and, and sometimes they're the same time, sometimes they're different. And, and I was thinking about the movie, The Incredibles. Have you guys have you ever seen that? Uh, the old one, not the new one. Uh, the original, the OG, Incredibles. Uh, in that movie, Mr. Incredible has like a desk job, right? And he looks ridiculous sitting behind the tiny little desk. And uh, in the beginning of the movie, he's just unhappy with where he's at because he was created to be Mr. Incredible, but he was not Mr. Incredible pushing insurance. You know what I'm saying? And so he's sitting behind the desk, and he's miserable. And, and I believe no matter where we are in our workplace, uh, we don't have to be miserable. We just have to respond to our calling. Mr. Incredible turns out that he's Mr. Incredible, and he has other things he needs to be doing other than that. But we have an opportunity to step into our calling no matter where we are. Uh, whether we're in our dream job or we're pushing insurance from behind a tiny little desk. And so that's where I, I want to, 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 to put our focus on today. And, and I want to tell you that God, God wants us to work it, okay? God wants us to work it. Flip it and reverse it. <laughs> anyway, God wants us to work it. That's the main thing. But we see this example in Genesis chapter two. We read through this this week. Uh, some people commented specifically on, on this story. And uh, in Genesis chapter two, verse 15, uh, it says this. It says uh, that, and it's mixed up. There we go. Um, that's five. 15 tells us that God, that God placed Adam and Eve in the garden, and they were there specifically to work it. God created uh, the heavens and the earth, and he created man, he put man and woman on, on the earth, and, and he put them in the, in, the, in the Garden of Eden, and he says, okay, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you, I want you to, to, to tend the land. I want you to work it. This is why you're here, to, to take care of the land, so to work it. And so we see from the very beginning, God's uh, early design for us is for us to, to participate in work. And God gave them a job and expected it to be done, and it was their task, and, and work was fundamentally tied to their identity, uh, basically as image bearers. We as humans, Adam and Eve, all the way to us, we are image bearers. We carry, we bury the image of, uh, that we bury, bear, well, I messed that up. But anyway, we, we, we carry the image of God. We put on the image of God. That's, that's who we are. He has created us in his image and we are his image bearers. And, um, and so we, it, our, our job at work is fundamentally tied to this, this identity as being image bearers. And we carry God's image everywhere we go, and he works and has created us to work. So in his work, he's, cre he's created us to work. And sometimes uh, when someone doesn't uh, work or is kept from working, they are, they are failing to do what God has, has made them to do. Um, Paul talks about this in first Th first, 2 Thessalonians 3.10. He says, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. So 
you know, Paul is not saying, hey, uh, let's not, you know, give people food who, who are physically unable to work and who can't find a job. He's, he's specifically talking to people who choose not to work. So, so, you know, it's the weekend, it's Sunday, and not everybody's excited about going to back to work tomorrow. Um, but know this, that if you have a job, you, that's special. And it may not be the place where you want to be ultimately, but you have a tremendous amount of opportunity there. And if this is your dream job, if you are where you want to be and you love everything about your job, there's still an opportunity for you to do some amazing things in your workplace because you are the bearer, the, the, an image bearer of God. And so where is, this, where is this opportunity where you work to be able to do something? And last, last summer, we actually did a whole series on how we were made for Monday and how, how on Monday morning when we uh, start our work, when we, go to, when we go to work, when we start our job, uh, we have a tremendous opportunity to be able to reach people, to make a difference in people's lives, and, uh, and just be the Im- an image of Christ to all the people around us. As a matter of fact, we had some mugs that were made that said, made for Monday, and, uh, and I know some of you have those mugs, and I brought them back today. So if you did not get a Made for Monday mug, they're in the, in the lobby, and you can have one for free. Uh, they're for you, and it's a reminder on Monday morning, you know what? I'm made for this. Uh, I can do some great things, and I can do all things in who, in, in, because, of, uh, because of Christ. And so um, God has made us to work, and that, that's really what we should do. Working is a spiritual endeavor because it, has, it is directly related to the fabric of our own being, of just being that image bearer. And so uh, how does this tie in to, to our calling? Like we, we work, we have to work, we have to make the money. Sometimes it's not where we want to be, and we feel like, well, so where does this fit in with where God has called me? How can, God has not called me uh, Mr. Incredible, to push paperwork on an insurance desk. Uh, and maybe that's you. Maybe you think, man, I, I, I'm miserable where I'm at. I, don't, I wish I wasn't here. Uh, what is my calling? Uh, I'm not happy with, with where I'm working. This, I feel like I'm limited. I feel like I haven't done, uh, I'm not doing what God has created me to do. There's opportunity. And I feel like it's one of those things that we just need to, to say yes to. And you may be thinking, you know, all right, I'm, I'm supposed to work, but what am I supposed to do? Uh, you know, vocation, is this where I'm supposed to be? And the word vocation comes from a Latin word meaning voca- vocaio, meaning it's a calling. And from a Christian perspective, we believe that God calls us to do something in this life. And in so, you'll, you'll often hear people uh, talk about trying to figure out what they, are, what they are truly called to do. I don't know if you've ever asked that before. Uh, but the result is, from that, we, we tend to job surf. We move from one job to the next, not feeling fully satisfied or recognizing that maybe this is where God has put us. And so we move from job to job. We move from career to career. And, uh, and we keep searching. We keep looking for what God has called us to do. But when we do this uh, uh, and we're trying to make a living out of what we love, uh, but in, in reality, that's not always possible. Um, and truth be told, that might not be um, the most um, exciting thing to hear. It might, be the, not, might not be the most encouraging thing to hear, but it's the truth. And you see people wrestle with this back and forth, and, and we see a conversation with John the Baptist in Luke chapter uh, 3, uh, John the Baptist was, was the, um, he's like the hype man for Jesus. Um, uh, he prepared the way for Christ. He was telling people all about Christ before he came. 
trying to prepare people's hearts, trying to get people on board, try to understand, hey, listen, the Messiah is coming. This, this, the God of the universe is, 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 is coming. Uh, we, need to, we need to be ready for him. I'm telling you, like, he was just, he was that guy. He was the guy that was really kind of hyping Jesus before he came. And, and, and he, he gave this sermon in, in Luke chapter 3, uh, verse 10, at the end of it, people were kind of talking to him because it was just like this, this idea of like, we need to be laborers to the field. And um, before verse 10, you can leave 10 up there, but I'm gonna just give a little bit more context. Um, John the Baptist says this, he says, even now the ax is ready to strike the foot of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not produce good fruit can be cut down and thrown into the fire. This is foreshadowing some stuff that would really come out uh, later on. And, and so all these people were gathered around John the Baptist, uh, JTB, as I like to call him, um, just a joke, uh, and, uh, and, and they, were, they were like, okay, it was kind of the same scenario right now, like, okay, this is my job, this is what I do, but, you know, I, how can I live out my calling? How can I represent uh, God with what I'm doing? Like, you don't, you don't know what I'm faced with in the workplace. And you could be saying that right now, too. Like, how, Justin, can I, can I, how can I be the image bearer of God in my workplace? How is that going to be possible? How can I do that? Well, John the Baptist speaks to that specifically. In verse 10, it says, what then should we do? That's what the crowds were doing. Well, what do we do? We don't know. We don't know how to do that. And so he replied to them, the one who has two shirts must share with someone who has none. And the one who has food must do the same. What's that mean? It means, listen, if you've got more than enough, then you can share. I mean, that, and, and honestly, if you have a job, you probably have more than enough. So you can share. There's people around us that are always hurting, that are always in need, that are always struggling. Are our eyes open to who they are? And are we saying yes? And, and that's, I mean, like, they were like, well, what do we do? Well, listen, if you've got two shirts, you've got one to spare. If you've got some extra food, you've got some to spare. In verse 12, tax collectors. See, you know, tax collector was technically, like, it was like a known robber of the, of the uh, Roman Empire. Like, it wasn't, you know, they didn't elect them like we do, and they have a glorified position, even though some of you might write a very nice note to your tax collector when, that letter comes out once a year to let you know how much your property taxes will be. But they were, they were known as evil, robbers, people that were part of a broken system. So tax collectors also came to be baptized. They're like, okay, hey, listen, we, we're, our life has changed because of the message that you're delivering. So what, so what do we do? How, how in the world as a tax collector am I going to be able to bear the image of God where I'm at? How am I going to be able to do that? Teacher, what should we do? Verse 13, John the Baptist says this. He says, don't collect any more than you have already been authorized. Well, you think, that's pretty simple, right? That's easy. But like for them, that was revolutionary. All right, listen, what should I do? Well, he's like, it's pretty simple, man. Just don't, don't mess people up. Just actually charge what you're supposed to charge. Don't overcharge people. And then like that would probably be life-changing for somebody. Life-changing because they're not getting robbed, but also life-changing because here's this tax collector and he's not overcharging. What's wrong with him? Why is this happening? And why is that happening? It's because he's the image bearer of God and he's trying to make a difference. He's just saying yes to Christ and actually just saying, you know what, this is what's supposed to happen, so I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do. Verse 14, 
and then some soldiers. Now, soldiers uh, were enforcing the corruption that was happening at this time. So they weren't seen as the soldiers and how respected soldiers are now. This was totally a, a scene where the soldiers were like, okay, well, well, that works for the tax collectors. Well, what should we do? And so he said, well, it's pretty simple, man. Just don't take money from people or, false them, or force them in, in, into false accusation or, and uh, be satisfied with your wages. Don't, don't try to rip people off and don't try to imprison people who don't, um, who, who don't belong there. It's, it's pretty simple. But it's, it's a, it's a mind-changing thing for these people. For, for, for the soldiers, this is what they do. They know that they are corrupt and they did this. The tax collectors know that they're corrupt and that they do this. In your job, not saying you're corrupt, don't go there, but in your job, you're used to the everyday whatever it is that you do. You go through the everyday rhythm of whatever you do. You're not looking around to see where, maybe you're not, maybe you are, but, but probably there are people around you that you are missing and you're missing an opportunity to just step out of what is the norm potentially. So when John gives him this answer, there's like this unspoken answer uh, that is very easy for us to hear today, that, that basically your job is important, and, and, and if you're not happy, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to quit it. it. Just because this tax collector, just because he's a tax collector doesn't mean that he can't live out his calling as a tax collector. Just because this, this soldier um, was a part of the Roman army doesn't mean that he is not a part of his calling or has an opportunity to, to do his calling. Uh, just because you work in IT or, or you work at a bank or you work at Walmart or wherever it is that you work, it doesn't matter. You can still have an opportunity to live out your calling um, wherever you are. It doesn't mean that you have to quit to be able to move to, to be a part of your calling. Your calling is what you are called to do in this life. And we're called to be the image bearers of Christ. As you discern your calling, never underestimate the gift of time. Some of you may be retired. Some of you may not have a job or need a job, but you have something that's special, and that's time. And even people who are busy, who have jobs, time is a precious gift. And it could be a gift that you really are able to bless somebody with. And again, it's just saying yes to that one person who might just need your time this week. If you're a person of faith, then be consistent with faith, whether you work at home or you work in a workplace, but be the same person that you have been called to be. We see in Genesis chapter two, verse 15, the Hebrew word for work is abad, which means uh, that it's the same word used to describe work of, of the priests in the temple. And when they led people to a place of worship of God, uh, your job can be worship. You just have to see it through the right lens. We're talking about 2020. We're talking about getting that great vision and understanding where we can see and how we can see differently. The more you start to say yes to God in, in these different environments, and maybe even taking a step back to say, okay, what can I do differently in this scenario? What can I do differently in this opportunity, in this moment? You're putting on a new lens and you are able to pass through what, what really potentially God is, is calling you to do. So I wanna encourage you to flip that lens. I don't know if you get your eyes checked ever, but you, you go, they flip through the lenses. 
I've never had my eyes checked. I'm assuming. I'm looking at you. I'm thinking that's what happens, right? Okay, good. Yeah. But they flip through the lenses so that you could see more clearly. And so it's just, it's this switch that has to happen in your life. And oftentimes it's just a commitment that you make. I love it. In the, in the, there's, a, there's a website called the Gospel Coalition. And each week they interview uh, someone who works in a regular secular world job, not in the church. Um, and the real purpose of the interview is to show us uh, people who are connecting with faith and what they do every single day in their workplace and how they are living out their calling no matter where they are. Like, it's real easy to look at me and say, okay, Pastor Justin's living out his calling because he's the pastor. Like, he, he started the church. It's real easy to look at other people who are serving in the church and say, that, well, okay, they're living out their calling, but I'm not made to play in the band or to be on stage uh, doing announcements or even I don't know how to run up computer equipment or do any of that stuff. How can I live out my calling? And so the Gospel Coalition does this interview each week, and these interviews follow the same format. The person is introduced, their job is discussed, and they always ask the exact same three questions. And these three questions uh, I, I propose for you. They're gonna be on the, they've been on the screen a little bit today, but I wanna propose these questions for you in your job. How can you answer these questions, and how can you take this, this opportunity to uh, allow uh, Christ to really reveal himself to your coworkers in your workplace, to other people around you. And maybe you, in your workplace, you can't talk about Christ because of just, that's where you work. But there's still opportunities to show Christ. Uh, the Roman soldier is showing Christ by not, you know, forcing people to do things that they shouldn't do or charging people extra money and the tax collector, same thing, charging them money that they shouldn't have to pay. There's opportunities for us to be image bearers. The first question is this. As an image bearer of God, how does your work reflect some aspect of God's work? I read this interview uh, that they did with a, with a guy who owns a, a furniture store. They sell ca uh, couches and, uh, and mattresses. That's basically the whole purpose of, of, their, of their business. And, and they, they interviewed uh, this guy, and he, he talked about how, listen, you know, we're, we create an environment of rest. Like that is, we understand that all our pieces are going to be pieces that are going to be in homes for a long time. It's a big investment, and all of these things revolve around rest. We like to rest on couches. We like to sleep on our mattresses. And he says, so we really invest in our customers uh, just that they, that they feel comfortable even when they walk in. So we want people to feel comfortable. It's not a sales pitch. It's not, it's not all this stuff. It is truly, we understand that we are image bearers and we want to be able to display how, how our, our place is a place of rest and how important rest is. And we, 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 we focus and, and centralize our whole business around that aspect. And he says sometimes people come in and they're not happy or they feel like they got ripped off or whatever the case, people are having a bad day. We teach our salespeople to understand that even when somebody comes in with a bad, when they're having a bad day and it's the worst day, you know, they're upset about something, they are, even the customer is still an image bearer of God and we can represent uh, ourselves and we can represent our God in a way that potentially would bring them back and just, it, it, we're not gonna cause anything that's gonna escalate. So as an image bearer of God, how does your work reflect some aspect of God's work? And number two, how does your work give you a unique vantage point into the brokenness of the world? And that's where he was talking about just how people come in. We're all sinners. We're broken people. And it doesn't take long sometimes when we are, when we are in a place where we're broken, it doesn't take long for that to, to be revealed. I mean, am I right? You've seen it in people. And so in your workplace, 
how does it, your, your, uh, your position give you a unique vantage point into the brokenness of this world? Maybe you deal with customers. Maybe you get to sit down and talk with people for a long period of time in your job. Maybe you interact with just the same people every single day. How well do you know your, your coworker, coworkers? And then the third question is this. Jesus commands us to love our neighbors as ourselves. How does your work function as an opportunity to love and serve others? You might not be in a position where you actually serve a ton of people, but you serve people in a lot of different ways, whether it's something that you're producing or it's just even the people that you're around. And let's say that you're a, uh, you're a business owner or you're a boss. You have a, a tremendous responsibility of the people that work under you, and you can lead them well by being an image bearer of Christ. At Anchor Church this last uh, fall, we changed our mission. We said we want to love and lead people, or love and lead one another with the hope of Jesus. And we want to love and lead well. And that's, that's like, it's, it's something I, that you'll hopefully hear from us a lot, but we want to love and lead well. And as a pastor, I want to love you and lead you into a place, uh, maybe your workplace this week, to where you can respond to this call of understanding that we're the image bearers of God. First and foremost, that's what we are. And that should represent well in our workplace. By narrowing the focus of our work to questions like these, um, we'll be able to see a, a healthy spiritual vision and how your faith uh, and, and how your work, they kind of intersect one another. And, uh, and maybe you still don't see how that would happen. And, and I, I would just, in a moment, we're going to pray. And, and there's been times where I felt like I didn't have a clear vision for what God wanted in my life. Or how, how, how could I take what we just talked about and apply it to my workplace? Because it's unique and it's this and it's that. Well, I want to encourage you to just, just pray. Because I believe that God answers prayers. And, and, and if you genuinely pray about it, I wouldn't be surprised if something happened tomorrow where, where it became even more clear for you. In 2020, I, I, I hope and I pray that your prayer life would take, take its next step, go to another level. Um, we have a, a tremendous opportunity to, to take what we know and even the things that we don't know about Christ to one another. On, on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, we're gonna um, show different testimonies of football players uh, on the screen. We did that last year for the first time. It was so much fun. It was just, it was really cool to see the stories of some of, of the different football players and the names that we hear if you watch football. Uh, it was really unique because they put some of the football players that are playing in the Super Bowl on the screen as well, and they interviewed them the week before the Super Bowl. So this video that we'll show has, has been about 90% produced at this point, but another 10% is for the football players that are going to be actually in the game. So it was really cool to hear some of the testimonies of those players in particular because just, what, eight hours later, we were watching them on TV playing the biggest game of their life. And it's just a really cool thing. And it gave you, if you didn't have a team to, to root for, it gave you players to root for because you got to see them on the screen that morning. And so that, that's a huge, that day is a huge opportunity for us as a church. It's a, it's a day for us to be able to invite our, our friends that, that maybe uh, we think would love to be a part of a church, but they don't really, they're not really connected with a church. Maybe some people that like, you know what, I don't know if church is really their thing, but probably, maybe Anchor Church would be their thing. Maybe, maybe Super Bowl Sunday, with it being themed out, and we're encouraging everybody to wear their, their favorite team's you know, jerseys or outfits or whatever. I just sounded like a non-sports person by telling, calling them outfits, by the way. That was for all the ladies out there, all right? They're outfits. Um, it's a really nice outfit. I can't believe I said that. But um, 
But, you know, if you don't have an NFL team, we encourage you to wear your favorite college team, your favorite, you know, baseball. Baseball is your thing as well. But, um, but that's the idea that, like, we could do something a little bit unique and do something a little bit fun, and it, it breaks down the walls of, of, like, of church. You know what I mean? And, and we believe, if we're truly the image bearers of God, we believe that we have some of the greatest answers to life's difficult questions. And, and we want, and that's the hope of Jesus. We want to love and lead them with the hope of Jesus. And the best way that we can do that, the best way we can start that conversation, because it's an awkward conversation with your friends or coworkers sometimes, like, hey, uh, let me tell you about Jesus. Like, you'd probably get some big eyes potentially from some people if you, if you said that to somebody. Um, and so this opens the door to say, hey, listen, my church is, you know, my pastor says some weird things sometimes, but it's, it's pretty cool. And um, uh, I'm wearing, I'm wearing um, my favorite team stuff on, on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, they're not playing in the game, um, but I would love for you to join me. And uh, we're going to have food afterward, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, there's a great opportunity for us to be able to, to reach people. It, it's just looking for these opportunities. And so I would encourage you to take that next step. Whatever that next step is for you, talking to a coworker, talking to a friend, talking to whoever, family member, neighbor. Uh, maybe it's being a part of uh, an anchor group. Uh, maybe it's uh, serving on, a, on, a, on one of our crews on a Sunday morning. There's a lot of opportunities for us to truly be image bearers, truly live out our calling, and it's just simply responding with a yes. When God leads, responding with a yes. And if you don't know where he's leading, then start with praying. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.